to Living Our Breast Lives, episode 13, a podcast not only about two women thriving with metastatic breast cancer, but also self-love, appreciation, and overall awakening to this beautiful gift we call life. Each episode, we will be focusing on a different theme that will highlight each episode. Please don't forget to not only tune in, but to also subscribe and review. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning into our podcast, Living Our Breast Lives. My name is Brittany, and with me is Ren. Welcome back, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to episode 13, baby. Now, last time you were in a gray period, you were, you know, you were trying to sort everything out. Please tell our listeners that you're out of that. Aw, you're cute. Uh, <laughs> uh, still in the gray period um, in regards to whether or not it's a hemangioma or metastasis. I decided to have the tumor board look at it again, and now they're favoring that it is a metastasis. So I'm choosing to have radiation done. It's just time to close this chapter and turn the page, you know, and uh, put another check mark on my list of life experiences. That's a great attitude, my friend. Great yeah. attitude. I don't know that this uh, was initially on the bucket list plans for my life, but uh, <laughs> it is now because it's happening. So why not put a check mark next to it? I mean, I'm assuming the next time we podcast, you will have had your first week of radiation, right? Uh, your guess is as good as mine on that one as well, <laughs> because I'm still waiting for my insurance company to approve it. Tomorrow, hopefully, we can get the ball going. So our focus for today's episode is something that you actually found. Sure did. And I thought, I mean, I, I thought it was pretty freaking cool, especially because the more I researched about it, the more I started to find like more personal similarities within myself and it's called post-traumatic growth. And I know you're probably sitting there thinking like what in the world is wrong with Ren? She said growth, don't you mean post-traumatic stress? But she does not have chemo brain people. That is correct. <laughs> but I post -traumatic am growth. <laughs> yeah, I'm in fact talking about growth because growth can actually come after trauma. You know, in like you, I found some personal similarities in it too. And just to give everybody a quick background, unless you're post-traumatic growth experts, um, in the 1990s, and I'm probably going to butcher these names, Richard Tedeschi and Lawrence Calhoun coined the term post-traumatic growth to capture the theory that positive psychological change can be experienced as a result of the struggle with highly challenging life circumstances. And it's this idea that people who endure psychological struggle following adversity can often see positive growth afterwards. And if you're like me, I'm like, well, what type of adversities? Um, they can be widespread. It can be in the form of social, emotional, physical, mental, spiritual, even financial. I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's all encompassing. Yeah. And what I love is like, while the feelings from trauma may still be present, most traumatic growth is a positive indicator of recovery. Not to mention it allows us to look forward in life, you know, while using these positive coping mechanisms instead of getting stuck in the past. And so don't kill me, but I found this awesome quote, you know, that I want to share with everybody. 
Ah, look who's on the quote train. <laughs> and it says, when transformational coping is negative, one is likely to succumb to stress and revert to depression and worry. However, if the transformational coping is positive, it invites a surge of survival instincts, a higher level of recovery, and an increased inner strength to sail through the adversity. So that right there, I mean, in all previous 12 episodes, the majority of what we talk about is positivity, right? Using optimism to get through really hard times. And when I saw that quote, it's like, you've got a choice. Am I going to choose transformational negative coping or am I going to choose transformational positive coping? And so that I thought was really cool. And it's also interesting because the study that I was looking at actually suggests that nearly 50% of trauma survivors experience post-traumatic growth after a traumatic event. Now, when I was like researching it and reading about it, I kept thinking about resilience. Wouldn't you agree that it sounds a lot like that? So I kind of thought the same thing as you. And it, for me, it totally does. But they are technically different because, you know, while we all know resilience is the ability to recover from difficulties, um, psychologists define it a little bit more by saying it's the process of adapting while in the face of adversity, trauma, tragedy, threats, or significant sources of stress. So for example, post-traumatic growth is capable of changing our personality as a whole like who we are, and resilience doesn't. We can be resilient without experiencing trauma, but you need trauma for post-traumatic growth. And I hope I said that slow enough for you to follow it. <laughs> I feel I like mean, our listeners are probably like, what did she just say? So anyone can be born resilient, you know, but post-traumatic growth, you need trauma. So if uh, you haven't had trauma, sorry, no PTG for you. But, uh, <laughs> you're missing out, y'all. <laughs> yeah, you're really not. It's like the PTG club, the club no one wants to be in. Yeah. But if you have to be in the club, hey, you're having growth, so I guess why not? I don't know. That's for another debate. Yeah, I mean, like the way that I kind of summarized it is that resilience, it's a personal quality that allows you to bounce back from, for example, like stress or grief but not necessarily trauma. And then of course, some of us are more resilient than others, but post-traumatic growth, it's like this enlightened mental state that can change an entire personality, like you said, and it only comes about if there's trauma. Does that yeah. sound like I... I think you got it. Okay. And like I said before, you know, we're not all inherently resilient, but you know, there is no doubt in my mind, I am resilient. Like my whole life, that's all I've ever been. For me, it's like, you do what you have to to survive. You do what you do to make it another day. There's no other option other than to keep pushing through, keep pushing on. So I'm fine with being resilient. Yeah. I mean, I really, I feel exactly the same. I'm pretty sure I've been resilient since the day I made my way out of the womb. <laughs> since the, I got since nothing. Since the day one. <laughs> yeah. I was like, do I have a, no, I have nothing. I have no response. All right, so hear me out. I do have a few examples of traumas that can lead to post-traumatic growth. Do I want to stay in on this podcast? I don't like hearing the word trauma. I mean, 
can we say experiences? But then I also have a feeling that experiences sound pleasant and I have a feeling the examples you give aren't going to be pleasant. And Well, I mean, listen, you'd be right about that because the examples are a little on the harsher side. So the examples of traumas, chronic illness, war, physical or sexual assault, childhood abuse, divorce, postpartum depression, experiencing a natural disaster, the loss of a loved one, a pandemic. I mean, the list can really go on and on. It's kind of like when I talked earlier about how there's so many different adversities. I mean, you just said it right there. I mean, those are a lot of different examples. And again, it's all encompassing. It doesn't, Mm -hmm. you know, discriminate from one thing to the other. Yeah, no. And like, that's why I like this episode and I actually enjoyed doing the research because for some people, and I hate to say that, you know, for obvious reasons, but like it can, and it it is relatable. And, you know, there's unfortunately so much trauma that takes place in the world, yet everyone experiences something different. So like, I feel that way all the time, right? Brett, like, look at what we're experiencing. Like there's not a lot of like people that we know that have experienced the same, but experiencing positive growth after facing tragedy that you don't necessarily know if at the time you can bounce back from is freaking empowering to say the least. However, from my experience, it's also important not to devalue your experience with trauma and to actually, you know, take the time to properly process it and reflect rather than rushing to achieve this false what am I trying to say? Like this false sense of optimism. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I just think that false optimism is inevitable until you actually take the time to process your current state, which I guess is being present. Like what's happened has happened. You can't change the past. Um, You can't change where life has you, but you can move forward by accepting it. So when I first read about post-traumatic growth, the first word that I thought of was awakening because it was almost like an enlightened mental state which kind of like for me the day I got the cancer diagnosis I was never the same like because my perspective on life completely changed things that I let bother me and cause stress no longer did I felt like I'm no longer going to live my life to please other people only myself I'm only going to do things in life that make me happy and not waste time on things that don't. And it's almost like this clarity. I'll use the word clarity too with the enlightened mental state, like that you just get that. You just have a complete sense of who you are and what you want out of life. Yeah. And like, that's why when I was first reading about this, I was like, maybe I am experiencing post-traumatic growth because like everything that you just said, I feel so deeply and I know you do too. And like, don't you, I remember you texting me and like you sent me all these articles and you, we were both so like mind blown because I feel like I'm in that state of mind right now. Yeah. I was like, if you think you have post-traumatic growth, do like me and Google. (laughs) Brit, we always tell people not to Google. (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know, I Google. I don't take my own advice ever. But I know, I seriously, I want to know if I had 
PTG. Well, listen, I want to start saying PTG. You're getting fancy now. Post-traumatic growth is killing me. I want to say something wrong at some point with it. I want to make <laughs> up my own terminology and psychologists are going to be like, this girl's gone off the rails. Um, but you know, guess what? Psychologists have actually constructed a self-reporting scale, which I think they call post-traumatic growth inventory. Could be wrong on that. So don't quote me. But it's to evaluate um, whether and to what extent someone has achieved growth after trauma. And they have five categories that they use to include that. Appreciation of life, relationships with others, new possibilities in life, personal strength, and my absolute favorite, spiritual change. There we go. My favorite. God, these five. They make me feel good. You know, they make me feel like I'm headed in the right direction. I love it. Yeah, um, and I know you really did your research on what these, you know, mean under each category. Oh, yeah. I've um, jotted down notes for, like, each one. <laughs> like, I went all in for this episode. <laughs> well, crap. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to use you as a resource now because... <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll kind of start with, so I'm obviously going to go for the first one, which is appreciation of life. And it resonates with me so much. And just like, I feel like with our podcast as a whole, because I mean, you've already nailed it a couple minutes ago, but like, I've heard us talk about this similar message amongst multiple, you know, of our episodes. And these are some of the notes that I've jotted down. So appreciation of life, deeper contemplation for value and meaning generating a level of mindfulness and gratitude for life and the present moment. I think the highlight there is present moment because I think oh, yeah. prior too many people are either living in the past or looking to the future mm-hmm. and the past is pointless unless yeah. you're trying to learn from it and the future the is, not guaranteed. is right there in front of you. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This one, I mean, appreciate the small things. Come on. I listen forward to the birds waking me up early in the morning with their little chirps. Mm-hmm. Seeing the beauty in things that you didn't see before. And the last one, and I, you know, this one really resonated with me. When confronted with fear and loss and or, we often become better at noticing what we still have, but may have previously overlooked. Yeah, I think that's a huge one, but it's like one of those things that it's like I could go on and on about how all these things I don't have and how I've been cheated in life or what I don't have and what someone else does, or I could be thankful and only look at myself and be thankful for what I have and great, you know, have a grateful heart because you're always going to have things other people don't and vice versa. And we need to, you know, focus on ourselves and what we have or you know what we might not have now but we had prior so you know what i mean it's just like if one day you lose your sight well at least you had the ability to see at one point you know what i mean like just being grateful for all those years you know you had clear vision i mean i don't know no i i I really do agree and like i actually wrote down one of the um articles that i was reading they actually had like real life examples relating to ptg and i'm going to share one because i think it really relates well to the appreciation of life so the first one that i have here it says Couples who remarry after losing their first spouse often develop a deeper and more transparent relationship moving forward. The earlier trauma they had faced in the past 
drives them to value the present and improve the quality of the interpersonal relationships that they currently have now. So, you know, it really goes back to, you know, what we were saying before about, you know, what we have previously overlooked, you know, almost like you don't realize what you have until it's gone type. Yeah, that makes you sense. Know? Yeah. So like that really resonated with me. My overall biggest thing is that, you know, even though we might be broken records, like I hope those who are listening these past few months that we've been doing this podcast, I really do hope that they have learned to appreciate like this beautiful gift that we call life, you know, yes. because it really is special and you only get one. Mm-hmm. Only, so. I mean, that's the biggest thing. We right. only get one. And I guess, you know, the second in this um, scale category is a uh, relationships with others. And it focuses on relationships that should be prioritized. Um, and those are the ones that individuals feel were there for them in the difficult times. It's a desire to help others give back and it's seeking connection and support with others. And my thoughts on this, and they're very brief, I've always held family as like my number one. Like I can't, I mean, there, I, I, I just can't say enough or express how much love I have for my family. But the where I really prioritize is that and what I found through this experience is those relationships that I can be vulnerable in, the ones that I've always been able to be wholeheartedly myself are the ones that are getting my full attention, full energy, and they're the ones that I want to keep burning, keep glowing, keep those um, friendships, relationships alive, um, even if I'm not able to physically be with those um, friendships or relationships on a daily basis. The third category that I want to discuss for the PTG uh, self-reporting scale is the new possibilities in life. So the first one I want to discuss that I wrote down is the acceptance of the breakage of revised goals after the changed life circumstances. Como? Okay. <laughs> what? Okay. So you have a five-year plan, right? You, you, you know, you've got go to college, get your master's, get married, have a baby, whatever it may be. Okay. And then shit hits the fan and you're like, you've had like, I like that noise. Yeah. Again. <laughs> Let's call it, like, it's trauma, right? Like you've, you've got a little bit of trauma there. Okay. Shit happens. We've changed paths. Well, that comes time for revamping. I re mean, revised goals after the changed life circumstance. Goals been to be a Disney princess from day one. I mean, mm -hmm. this I'm is not really, true. we're not really revising that. We're just no. gonna keep the course. <laughs> <laughs> the second one, embrace change and opportunities. Third, the kind of future you might have and a better understanding of how to live life the way you want to. Ooh, I like that. Were we really living before, Britt? Were we really living? Um, for me, I was living in the sense my heart was beating, my lungs were taking in oxygen, and my brain was functioning. Ooh, uh, I just got chills. Damn right. But, but I was not... Wait, no, switching that. I was alive, but I was not living. That's my final answer. Ooh, that was good. I felt that. I felt yeah. that. 
I just um, had to talk it out. Like, ah, this is what I meant. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't even think we have to further explain that one. Yeah. Done. Drop the mic. <laughs> and the last one is the openness to new ways of living. So this one, like as a whole, it reminds me a lot of accepting the things we cannot change. Right. So like my lifelong treatment, our lifelong treatment. Okay. It forced me specifically to leave the classroom. Well, hell, like I've embraced that change and I've learned to accept it. And listen, like the acceptance didn't happen overnight and it's still hard at times. You know, I still look at my teacher friends and I'm still like watching them in the classroom and, and, you know, there's still a part of me that longs for that, but I truly believe that I'm better for it now. So growth, baby growth. I would agree with that though, on the whole career stuff, because I probably weekly still, and it's been almost a year have this dream because I did not renew my radiology license because mm. I don't foresee myself, whether I'm miraculously cured or not, going back into the medical field. Right. Um, but the fact that I let that lapse, I still have these dreams of like going for radiology jobs and trying to go back to work as an x-ray tech and then realizing, well, you can't do that, silly fool. You don't have a license to practice anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know for sure I am in a better mental state. I am happier than uh, I was when I was working in healthcare. And I think it makes it easier because I think you... And I are similar in that, you know, you miss the, I like the job of teaching. I miss yeah. the job of being an x-ray tech, but I think we're almost the silver lining and fortunate is that being a teacher nowadays is not easy. I mean, mm-hmm. not only have we recently had COVID um, and the school shootings that we have going on, but then all the different politics that are, you know, controlling how we can teach, what we can teach, etc. And then, you know, for me, just like health insurance, healthcare, COVID, I mean, all of it, it's kind of like, it almost made exiting our professions, at least for now, easier, because it's like, well, that was becoming a real big mess. And we're definitely in better places. Oh, right absolutely. Now. Absolutely. Um, so that's one mm-hmm. of those things that like, we could be negative and like, oh, we left our field. But like, at the same time, it's not like it was like, rainbows and butterflies mm-hmm. when we were in it. So it's kind of like that helped make it easier. So I think, you know, Yeah. And like, that's why I said, like, I feel like I'm better for it now, you know, because I just feel like you and I are where we're supposed to be in this moment, in this exact moment. Right now we are where we're supposed to be. hundred percent. Um, okay. So I'm going to go ahead and do the fourth category and then you can do the fifth one. Are you cool with that? It's my specialty. The last one I'm cool with that. Okay, so the fourth one on our scale uh, is personal strength. Let me go ahead with my first bullet point. Remaining positive, seeking meaning, and exploring ways to reduce emotional distress. How many times have we (laughs) how many times have we talked about this on this podcast? Every single 
God, I love this episode so much. It's like tying it all in. Feels good. Wrapped in um, a bow. Yeah, the second one. Here we go. Appreciation for life. More self-awareness and more compassion for others. It's like, listen to this again. Check. Oh, Check. Yeah. I mean, I know for me specifically, I if I could right now, girl, I would start a charity. I would open up a nonprofit. Like, I want to do for others as like God has done for me. Like, I feel so blessed to be here in this moment right now. Like the personal strength that I feel on a daily basis, it makes me want to save the freaking world, you know? I feel like the mindset that God has blessed me with is something that I want to be able to like put my hands on other people's head and be like, girl, me too. You know what I mean? Like somehow through my hands, like you will now be awakened like I was, except you don't have to go through what I had to for the mm-hmm. awakening. You're just going to be awakened. Wake up. Yeah. But I really do believe that like partially it is post-traumatic growth. Like I, 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 you know, we can get into it later on, you know, where we feel that we are on the scale, but I honestly believe that there's little bits and pieces here and there that we are experiencing. And this is, I mean, it's a beautiful, positive recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got the third one is knowing who you are to your core. Ooh, love it. Uh, Next one, newfound understanding of yourself and the world you live in. Learning to let go of your past self. And last but not least, being left better equipped to tackle future challenges. Now that is a personal strength right there. I feel like I could take on anything that comes my way because of the experiences that I've had these past couple of years. Don't you agree? Yes. I was going to say, I think letting go of past self is something that I'm probably like 80% of the time fine with. Every now and then my head does wander. Um, which, That's not a bad thing. That's, no. You're human. And maybe I'll talk about it later in another episode. And when that episode comes, which I'll tell you about later, Ren, in that episode, because I had an epiphany of what our next episode is, I'm going to tell Ren, and then I'm going to be on her like, hey, remember in episode 13 when Brittany said let go of past self? What was she talking about? I'm going to say this is what I was talking about. Wait, why did I just get goosebumps? You're right. Like that would make a really fantastic episode. And there are so many people that can relate to that because do I feel like, you know, how I did, you know, the first, I don't know, 29 years of my life? No, I don't. And we've talked about this. Like, remember the whole, how much growth we've had in a certain amount of time, you know, a short mm-hmm. amount of time. Um, yeah. Hell yeah. That would be a wonderful episode. I'm right there with you. Boom. Okay. So I'm going to, you're, you are taking this last category, my friend. You go, go for it. It's about spiritual change, okay? Mm-hmm. So prayer and connection to self and higher power, deeper awareness and faith, deeper cognitive engagement with fundamental questions about death and the purpose of life, and understanding that God is working through us. So Ren, I need you to like buckle up and bear with me here. Okay. (laughs) Because I have a lot of thoughts and some, you know, are as early as this 
weekend. So here's the thing. I have, and I've told this to you, is that, okay, so God first and foremost, ultimate healer and my creator. But I also practice things like yoga, meditation, acupuncture, things of that nature. And I totally, while I believe God's the ultimate healer and I love Western medicine, I love incorporating Eastern medicine. Like I listen to um, Tibetan singing bowls who go to sleep at night. I mean, I attack my health from all angles and it helps reduce stress. Now, um, through a discussion, it was mentioned kind of there are certain people that aren't really open to like that type of healing with like the Reiki, the meditation, the chakras, all that stuff. And my thought is God is the ultimate healer. And I personally believe that God gave us everything we need to be able to heal ourselves, whether it's mental, physically, emotionally, um, so why not look at those as tools he's given us for, you know, healing and, and to promote it? I 100% believe to my core that God is working through me. Ren and I have had discussions before where when I was first diagnosed, these words would just come to me, some of which we've talked about, you know, time, um, forgiveness, things of that nature that all of a sudden it was like I needed a pen and paper and I would just write because I felt like God was speaking through me and what he was saying to me, I needed to just put out there. And I didn't worry about what people thought about my writing. I didn't read like proofread it to see if it sounded okay. It was just, I needed to do this. And I think with us starting this podcast, this has been a great outlet for us to talk about that, that, you know, your story is not over till you say it's over. You can find different purpose, meaning, and direction in life. And this isn't a direction I ever saw myself going down, but like being open to like what God has in store for you and just having unconditional faith in that he knows you best there. I mean, I can't say it enough. My mom had mentioned, you know, just because you have God's favor doesn't mean he's not going to take you into the lion's den, but it does mean that you'll come out unharmed. You know, I just, you were right when you said spiritual change. And when I say spiritual change, I mean, God, I mean, everything. I just love it so much. So very powerful words. And the way that I see it is your faith is admirable. Um, your words move me when you speak about God and um, I, I, you know, I can say over and over again, you know, how blessed I feel. But when I say truly that God is working through me, I feel it. I acknowledge it. I recognize it. And I know it because I'm still sitting here today. But how, while you're doing, like you have to believe that there's a higher power at work just because like you're on like you your oncologist I mean like you know you're doing better than they would have said which kind of just proves that God's the ultimate healer yeah you know like doctors mm -hmm. only know so much but God's the ultimate healer ultimately it also feels good to know that I'm not doing this alone
Yeah, hundred percent. So, you know, after talking about the last five categories, I really, this is where I struggle because I feel like I've had post-traumatic growth, but it's that spiritual change that makes me think I don't and it's resilience. And, you know, after I've struggled with whether I think I have post-traumatic growth or not, because once we really dove into the first four examples, I was like, I definitely have post-traumatic growth. But then when you get to the spiritual change, I've always had that. I mean, does my faith and belief in God grow stronger every day in my relationship with him? Yes. But I was starting to think, well, maybe I'm just resilient and on my way to post-traumatic growth. But that post-traumatic growth inventory, the scale that kind of rates you, I mean, you can be low on the spectrum, high, you could be working towards that growth, still at the bottom. So I guess it's not (laughs) black and white. It puts me in the gray area, which you know, I don't like the gray area, (laughs) but I mean, I think it kind of has to, but I feel I'm going to say, since we discussed this, I was leaning towards thinking I'm just resilient, but you know, I really think I have post-traumatic growth. And you know what, Ren, let's put a poll on Instagram (laughs) and say, has Brittany had post-traumatic growth or not? (laughs) Yes or no? Like, cause I really want to know, like from our, you know, maybe our listeners can help me. Well, I think we should shout it from a mountaintop because I'm damn proud of how far we've come, girl. Oh, I thought you wanted me to shout like PTG from a mountaintop. We can do that too. <laughs> you know, whatever. I mean, awakened, right? Wouldn't you say that? Oh, both. That shows. we've both been awakened. Absolutely. So for me, I don't. It's. I mean, it's really tough to say. So like, I look at some of like I look at the scale. And it's mind boggling how much I can relate to them. And I feel them so deeply, but then, you know, I also know that resilience has always lied deep within. So I, so I get, but like, sorry to interrupt you. I guess the thing that you have to ask, and I don't know how I would answer this. So I'm going to ask you first. Okay. Post-traumatic growth needs trauma. Do you think what you went through for you as a person, would you say it was a trauma or you being resilient? I absolutely, wholeheartedly, 100% believe that I experienced trauma. Okay. And I'll tell you why and how I think that. You know how we talked a lot about like the similarities and differences between resilience and post-traumatic growth. And it, we talked about how post-traumatic growth changes your personality. Yeah. I do believe to a certain extent that my personality has changed following my diagnosis and all of the experiences that I've had following it. I got you. See, and the one thing that catches me is I don't know that I would call what I've gone through and our journeys are different. So let's, I mean, that's number one, but I don't necessarily, when I think about what I've gone through as trauma. So now I'm like, maybe I don't need an Instagram poll because If I don't have trauma, then I don't have PTG. So let me ask you this. When you were first diagnosed and you had to go through, you know, all of the ups and the downs, the roller coaster treatment for life, you know, everything that you went through, you still, even though you've made so much growth now, 
during that present time, you, you do not think receiving the news of your diagnosis was traumatic? No. Um, okay. And I'm trying to think of like all the biopsies I had done and all that. Um, I, I mean, I don't have fancy words for it other than sometimes I felt like I was being poked and prodded almost like, you know, I don't want to say guinea pig because it wasn't like I was a test animal, but it was just like one of those, like going through the motions, like I'm doing what I have to, to survive. Like I have to have this done so I can get an answer so I can get a treatment. Like it was just. Well, from an outside perspective, on. that kind of does sound more like resilience. Yeah. And if you don't believe that it was traumatic or that you went you know, that it was trauma, then maybe it's not PTG. Maybe you are inquiring like some parts of the PTG components. Yeah. majority of it is resilience. Yeah. I'm just lower on that PTG scale. <laughs> and I also think back to like way, way, way previous episodes. I mean, we are both sitting here with NBC, but like we had very different experiences. Like just losing my hair was traumatic. Yeah, and that's no, just, and, and that's and, like, and that's, and you mm -hmm. got, you had the mastectomy, the, yes. you know, which was also traumatic. Yeah. Like yeah. I've had a lot of like awakenings since then, but back then when all, you know, was happening and, and just the craziness of it all for me, that was 100% trauma. Um, yeah. And, and I can tell you, I've had trauma, you know, um, dare I say, hashtag me too. Um, I've had that type of trauma and none of that had any change on me, like on that inventory um, self-reporting scale. None of that changed me. Okay, like, well, I mean, to me all. that sounds resilient. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to hop on the bandwagon and say awakened, absolutely. Um, experiencing post-traumatic growth for sure. Um, I think that's a beautiful thing for us. And honestly, to all the other men and women who are also experiencing this beautiful awakening too, because like we've talked about before, cancer is a part of us. It doesn't define us. And we get to choose the direction of where we want to take that experience. We get to choose how it makes us feel. We get to choose our experiences moving forward. Like the quote that I read prior, we get to choose whether we want to have a negative coping experience or a positive one. 100%. Choice, choice, choice. Yes. Well, I don't know about you, but it's been a minute since I've had a takeaway and I have one today. Go for it. Okay, so Victor Frankel, he wrote a book, The Man's Search for Meaning, and in it he says, in some ways, suffering ceases to be suffering at the moment it finds a meaning. When you accept that you are exactly where you're supposed to be and that you can't change every situation you find yourself in, and you acknowledge that God is with you and he has a purpose for you, then you can just stop the worrying, the self-loathing, and get back to living. And that's a choice you can make every day. Ooh, I like what you did if there. If you choose to. I like what you did there, bringing my words in. Sure did. <laughs> I, brought it, I 
brought it full circle. You sure did. Now, I mean, that's why we can say that we are living our best lives. <laughs> we haven't given our illness the control over our life. We just keep on living and we just make minor adjustments as needed, right? Yes. And you know what? Uh, since you put in a quote today, I still need to do a one upper on you. So <laughs> I now am going to do a bonus quote and say, uh, well, maybe it's just actually a thought, but uh, we find purpose in the pain. And, Woo! you know, I'm going to say that the word pain can be interchangeable, you know, insert blank. Ooh, finding purpose in the pain. I love it. Looking beyond the struggle right? Looking beyond the struggle, we experience pain for a reason. So sit in it, be present in it. Why am I here? Why am I in this situation? How can I find the purpose behind this pain that I'm currently experiencing? How can I turn it into something positive to help my emotional well-being versus drowning myself in my sorrows? And because I'm, I'm going to one-up your ass right now, I found this quote and I have it right here in my notebook and here it is. And while the pain may still be hurting, we get a new way of redirecting the pain into something useful for us. Oh, mic drop. Are you flipping? <laughs> Kidding me. You like, I can't even think of a quote. I'm so like nerved up right now. Like I'm like, girl, I know I have so many positive quotes. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to say this one. So I have another quote. If you can't change your surroundings, change your hair color. You did that. Well, you know what? I still said four quotes now in today's episode, which is two <laughs> more than you. So let me say with that said, before Ren can get in another quote, <laughs> thank you so much for tuning into our podcast, Live In Our Breast Lives. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Live In Our Breast Lives, where we will share podcast updates, special dates, educational resources, and of course, health updates for those of you following our NBC journeys. Have questions, comments, or anything else you would like answered on our podcast? Send us a message on Instagram. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And as always, choose kindness. Someone may look fine on the outside, but you never know who's actually struggling on the inside. Until next time, don't forget to live your breast lives. God bless. Thanks, everyone.